0: Hey, welcome back to another edition of the 5-Tool Baseball Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. And it is Tuesday. Happy high school baseball playoff season. Uh, Drew and I, before we hopped on here, we're just looking at some schedules. And it's exciting. But at the same time, for us, it's kind of like, where do we go? How do we best maximize our time? Um, And unfortunately, I might have to play a little bit of weatherman around Central Texas, because it looks like Thursday might get a there's some rain in the forecast for Thursday. But looks like we're all clear for Friday and Saturday and uh, a bunch of big time matchups all over across the state of Texas. And, you know, San Antonio, Houston, Dallas area, South Texas, West Texas. Um, It's just a lot of good stuff um, that gets going, um, you know, this week. Uh, And it's a final playoff run for a lot of those seniors who are looking to go out with a strong final. Uh, final campaign end up in the state tournament and uh, speaking of that trench i saw Trent schaaf on senior night last night through a no hitter uh so that's a good way to go out from an, uh yeah. your last home game there with a no hitter um uh, but you drew miss. um what what do you think of these schedules do you have anything in mind like what's what's your method to the madness here as we try to figure out uh because it's part of it too in my head i'm like okay like there's some teams that I'm, I think that are going to probably hang around a while. So it's like, i can kind of maybe put them on a later schedule, but you just, you'd never know with with these, uh, with these matchups. I mean, anything can happen as we've seen in a lot of these district races, we were looking at, uh, 25-5a down here in my area, um, and four teams ended up 10 and four. So, uh, a lot of good baseball being played around. And, and as we've said before, I don't know that there's a dominant team. Although we'll get to my game on Friday, I think a, a team made a case for that.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I, I think there's there's a few games that have some really potentially intriguing pitching matchups. So that's kind of what I'm basing my Friday and Saturday on. Um, and obviously a lot of the Saturday is going to depend upon. I mean, I think a lot more teams play on Thursday, Friday, Saturday up here for whatever reason, but uh, so Saturday for a lot of these series will be if necessary. Um, so, you know, I think that's going to dictate a lot of where I go um, looking at right now, probably seeing Rockwall versus Roulette on Thursday um, just because it's close. And I haven't seen Roulette this year and they've got a couple, uh, I know at least one D1 guy and a Juco guy that I want to see, but, um, Friday, there's a couple based, on, like I said, based on the pitching that'll dictate where I go. Um, because there's a chance that, you know, we got Coppell versus McKinney Boyd. So that could be, uh, TJ Pompey versus Ben Abel. Um, you've got Flower Mountain Marcus versus Stanton Geyer's a, a big time matchup. And then even Prosper versus Hebron, some of those big young arms from Hebron are matching up with some of the guys from Prosper. That might be intriguing too, but so that's kind of what I'm looking at for, for my schedule. But, uh, yeah, there's a handful of game, couple, couple, one game series. I saw South Lakes in a one game series, um, against, I think LD Bell. Is that yeah right? i think you're um, right yeah so you know th- those are always those are always tricky because you know like we've talked about you never if you, know <laughs> if you match up against that one you know kind of crafty guy or guy that just keeps you off balance um or just a dominant pitcher then your season can be over um, yeah you just, you so know, you adds know. a little bit of intrigue but um yeah so it should be interesting for sure
0: yeah i i'm seeing i'm looking at it and by the way the the guys and gals and whomever works on the the TexasHighSchoolBaseball dot com website, I mean this the schedules they've got up here are just a a godsend to us. But I see, huge tool, great. Tool. I see Houston MacArthur's got a one game because they got Ryan Dollar. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, taking yeah. chances with Ryan Dollar and and uh, and keep on moving along if you can keep getting those one game flips. But yeah, I mean it's. It's just a, a, a an amazing tool um, for any Texas high school baseball fan, and, and certainly I know we spend a lot of time on there, and, th- and they do a good job with with all the schedules and stuff like that. But yeah, Southlake has got the one game uh, with LD Bell, Houston MacArthur, and I'm kind of going through here. Clear Falls and Alvin have a have a one game. Um, let's see here, Santa. Ooh. San Antonio Clark and Cibolo steel have a one game that could that could be interesting yeah um but yeah those are the only ones I see um kind of looking through here at the schedules but uh that's all 6a stuff um I'm sure there's some in 5a as well but yeah it's uh um it's a great tool because I'm I'm already seeing some games that are kind of earlier on Friday. So it could be nice potentially to hit something earlier on Friday and then zoom on over somewhere else for, for a nightcap. Um, I know, I believe Tom ball plays uh, Tom ball on Bridgeland. That could be a heck of a series. We know those two teams yeah. are got a lot of talent. They play an early game on Friday, but uh, really exciting. I know we're, we're fired up to get out and, and watch as much as this as we can and kind of best maximize our time and get around and, um and and seeing a lot of these exciting matchups across the state but yeah it feels like the season literally just began and here we are in the playoffs already as it kind of really really flew by but uh, I mentioned earlier um you know we've talked previously that there really it seems like there isn't a clear cut state favorite uh, at least in the in the 6a um I think we're pretty we can feel pretty good about a team like Sinton being a strong favorite in 4a last I looked I think (laughs) <laughs> they have, their run differential. Somebody posted, I can't find it now. Um, over like the last twelve games or so was just absolutely bonkers, insane. Um, and and it, like it's not like yeah they they play four A, but it's not like there is some talented four A teams in in their area. Um, so it's not like they're just showing up and, and playing a bunch of people that have no chance. I mean they're actually playing playing some legitimate clubs. But um, I went down to uh, well my, first part of my day on Friday. I went and caught a couple innings of. Uh, Ridgepoint and Fort Bend Travis. Um, saw Justin Vosso's a couple of bats from him. Um, was hoping to see Micah Dean, but he had tweaked a left shoulder that he was getting checked out this week, and hopefully he'll be back there soon. So, didn't get a chance to see him with Fort Bend Travis, but um, Ridgepoint, um, man, they can swing it. Um, uh, I, I think that they're. They're going to be a tough, tough out in the playoffs because, you know, one through nine. I mean, they really put together some quality of bats. Of course, Vasso hit Vaso's hitting three hole for them Got yeah, down the line, like four, four point two eight. He can still really, really run from the right side. J.J. Canetta, junior catcher committed to DBU, really swung the bat well. And then Carter Groen, Um, He plays tight end for the football team. Six five big physical guy um, hit a homer, just absolute bomb through the wind. Um, out to left, I retweeted the video that he posted there. Um, interesting power profile. Um, there's some, there's definitely some swing and miss there, but he swings with intent, and, and when he, when he makes contact, usually he flies off the bat there. But um, that's a good Ridgepoint team. Uh, they they can really swing it well, um, it, one through nine, and I think they're going to be a tough out. But then I went over to the to the big one in the area, which was Katie and Katie Tompkins for the district title. Um, Katie handed Tompkins their only loss of the season. Uh, to that point, and uh, they threw Lucas Morgan, who I really, really like, and I think that he threw well. I think he had four strikeouts for the first two innings. His problem was, um, Jace Laviolette, it was the best I've ever seen him play. You know, I've been complaining about, like, man, can I get one of these senior hitters that just have a monster game, and I I hadn't seen it. Well, the last day of the regular season before the postseason, uh, big Jace, he came to play, man. He was it was as intense as I've seen him. Um, he was just really locked in, really competing at a high level. Um, he got a hanging breaking ball first at bat, hit a two-run homer over the batter's eye in dead center. Uh, then he comes up again next at bat with, with runners on base. Um, fast, they try to beam with a fastball up. And I, I knew if they went fastball, they'd have a problem because Lucas Moore was kind of tipping it a little bit, just a little bit more effort in the delivery when he threw the fastball. And they tried to beat him up with one because that splitter has been so good down and away from lefties. And Chase got the barrel on it again and hit another bomb over the batter's eye in center. Uh, made two fantastic catches in center field. Just totally set the tone for that team. I mean, that lineup kind of struggled a little bit against Lucas Moore, as a lot of lineups have this year. But it was kind of it kind of reminded me when Texas had Cody Clemens, and you'd see him barrel one early in the game, and the rest of the team would be like, "All right, we can hit. Yeah, we're we're, yeah. we're good." Uh, that's kind of what Jace did for that Tompkins team. And they ended up cruising to a victory there uh, winning their district championship, finishing uh, the, the regular season with just one loss, heading it to the playoffs. Um, Jack little had a Homer later in that game. I mean, we know that that lineup when it gets cooking um, top to bottom, it, it's, it's really, really tough to handle. So perhaps they kind of head into this thing um, as the favorite um, to, to, to emerge as six day state champion, but uh, Big Jace, man, I've seen him a bunch, and that was the best I've ever seen him. Just just the total, total package, just the power, the hit, the athleticism, the defense, uh, and really just the intense competitiveness Competitiveness was at a really high level. Um, you know, it was a high-stakes game, and he treated it like a high-stakes game and came to play, and I was just really, really impressed with him. So uh, finally, in the, in the fi- last opportunity in the regular season – uh, I get a, uh, I get a senior that goes out with a bang and puts up a monstrous performance, which, uh, we love it too, because Nick Timms was there, our video guy or one of our many video guys. And we got all that stuff on video, which, uh, we really love it when those big guys show out and we get a bunch of great clips on there. So go to five tool. Uh, I believe it was on the Instagram in our Twitter account as well to go check out that coverage.
1: Yeah. Uh, on Friday for me, I met Brooks over at Trinity Christian, um, to see them finish a game versus John Paul two. So I guess this was, they were resuming a game, I guess, that probably got called for, I'm assuming weather. Um, so they picked it up in like the third inning um, TCA had a big lead going into the last inning and John Paul two, just turned it on. Um, they had a big top of the seventh. I think they scored four or five runs to get out of there with the win. Um, it was kind of, they were kind of down. It was kind of a, you know, they'd been kept off balance and then they just kind of flipped the switch in the top of the seventh and pulled out a win. And it was funny because I guess um, the parish school was, they all showed up because if Trinity Christian won, they were going to be eliminated from playoff contention. Um, and so the, you got a whole team in the, over in the stands cheering, for john paul two, um so they were loving that top of the seventh but a couple guys really stood out for tca and you know we've, we've talked about jp two at length but abe woods uh for tca is an infielder that i liked uh samuel jenkins you'll remember this name samuel jenkins reminds me a lot of brad subtle
0: okay yeah Just kind of That's the way Brad he, subtle guy in the day
1: yeah. So if you remember about Brad at that point, Brad signed the highest or signed for the highest bonus ever for a fourth round pick. Um, he got, I think over seven fifty with the Yankees. Um, uh, but he, uh, yeah, they, just the way they moved kind of the way he stood in the box reminded me of him a lot. He's a 2024 from TCA. Um, two of our academic team guys, uh, AJ Gulaguri and, um, and Josh Lou played for TCA. Josh was nursing a sore ankle that he had twisted earlier. So he only hit hit one ball hard up the middle. Um, it kind of caught the side of the mound and popped up, or else I think it would have gotten through. Um, AJ catches, plays hard like he always does. Um, just really good player, aggressive player. You can tell he's kind of a, a leader on that team. And then our guy, uh, Ben Francis, hit two doubles, uh, one of which was off the wall uh in a pretty big park, but I was impressed by him. But uh John Paul too, um Justin Blancafort had a big hit in that inning. Derek Mitchell had a huge at bat. He hit two foul ball home runs that, that were absolutely crushed. Um and you that's just one of those instances where you see the tools just show up. I mean they were foul, but they were, I mean, it was kind of like, <laughs> there it is, you know, uh, just the electric bat speed and just really twitchy. And you can tell he he's getting better and better as we go. I mean, he's a guy that is obviously talented, but every time I see him, he looks more and more polished and he just keeps taking steps in the right direction. And from everyone you talk to, he just works. He's a baseball player that loves being on the field, loves getting better and spending time. Um, got our first look at Jack Frankel. Uh, he didn't pitch, but Uh, Hit a couple balls hard, including a a single that he had. Um, But so that was our first time to see him out on the field, moving around um, and look good. Um, Physically, he's definitely um, advanced for a sophomore. Um, And you can see what what draw or drew um, Mississippi State to a player of his caliber. And obviously, you know, his future is more than likely on the mound. But you can see at least some athleticism in there and see that you know, what, what you, you see what you want to see physically from him. Uh, but that was an interesting game. And then we, after that game ended, we hopped over to, uh, to Lovejoy, uh, to see Lovejoy and Rock Hill. Uh, so we got a, and they were kind of, Lovejoy was using it as a tune up for the playoffs. You know, I think they're looking at playing Thursday. So they, they just kind of used a handful of their guys. Uh, but Jack Livingstone, still uh has given up no hits to rock hill on the season through 11 innings so he went four, yeah he went four innings of no hit ball um rock hill's got to be like dude just uh, that's got
0: to be it. leave us alone the rest of the season (laughs) like stop pitching against us
1: avoid us in the playoffs please yeah exactly um I mean, you know, Lovejoy looks like they've peaked at the right time, and they're ready to go for a a, a big postseason run. Um, you know, the, the Branch brothers at the top of the lineup um, are always tough outs. Uh, Kyle Kyle looked good. Colby looked good. Uh, Aiden Sims smoked a ball. Um, I mean, it just that guy that guy can hit. Yeah, and it's It's athletic. It's strong. There's you can. There's projection everything to like about Aiden Sims. Um, Aiden Lamar started on the on the mound for Rock Hill. Um, and I think they're, you know, probably using it as a tune-up too. I don't know if he was on a pitch count or not, but, um, you know, I've, I've seen him have a little bit more command. I think he got behind on some hitters early and um, just didn't quite ever get in a groove like we've seen him get in because usually he's a strike thrower. Um, and that's what – that's every time I've seen him, that's what he's been – known to do is just pound the zone and throw lots of strikes. Um, But Brenner Cox had another one of those moments. He had a ball. He almost made a a really good catch in center field. Um, Didn't end up coming down with it, but he just picked up the ball from the wall and threw an absolute laser to third. Like it's, it's another one of those ones where you're like, if you're a scout and you go, you know, to see verified tools, that's just one of those ones where, I mean, he just picked it up and just, through a absolute missile. And you're like, okay, there it is. <laughs> um, but Brenner always moves around the right way. Um, and I think uh, Jack O'Pine, the shortstop out and it looked like he had a cast on his hand, but um, yeah. So, that, I mean, it was a, a little bit of a one-sided contest on the Lovejoy side, but um, you know, good players on both sides and fun to see some toolsy guys getting ready for the playoffs. Cause I mean, both of them have ingredients to, to, to go fairly deep. Um, You know, and if, if Jack Livingstone keeps throwing like he, he did on Friday and like, we've seen him pretty much every time out. I mean, that's going to be a, that's going to be a a tough team to go against. It really is. Um, And then they've got, you know, they've got some arms behind him too, that uh, to go along with the, a loaded offense to that has all the ingredients you want. Like, you know, they have a good defensive catcher. They they're good up the middle. They've got it on the mound. They've got power and speed in the lineup and they're going to be tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Livingstone too, as we've talked about before, he's, he's a unique look like you don't typically see many high school pitchers with that kind of stuff profile, you know, where everything kind of nothing's straight. Um, and it, it's just coming out of you out of that that delivery as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Aiden Smith is one of those guys that we're going to come out of the summer, and it's like, how high does he go? Like, <laughs> it, it's, yeah. it, 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 I'm sure Mississippi State is, you know, once they start kind of you, they turn the page from their season and, and kind of focus on the recruiting classes and stuff, they're going to be going, well he might be so good that we probably should start prepping ourselves for the idea that he might not make it to to campus, which it's early to say that about juniors, but at the same time, it's kind of not because these guys aren't that far away from things like area code and everything else and really becoming the central focus of of scouts and everything like that. So, um, yeah, I feel like that every, every time you see him or every time we have, um, somebody at videoing Lovejoy, it's like he hammers the ball like every single yeah. time. Like it's yes. And what I mean he just hits and because he's a hitter. And and to, all, uh,
1: to all fields. To yeah, all fields. all
0: fields. I mean it's 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 all fields juice. And um you know, have you seen Brenner Cox pitch yet?
1: No. No, I keep every time I like go see him, like he's supposed to be in relief if it's a close game and it just yeah. isn't one way or the other. So I was
0: going to say, you know, the, maybe, you know, the Longhorns could probably use him in the bullpen now Um, if, if with that with that arm and athleticism from, from the outfield and, and kind of what we've heard of what he looks like on the mound. So um, yeah, it's uh, I mean that, that guy defensively in that arm and stuff like that, that's, that's really going to play for, for a long, long time. But Um, yeah it sounds like I mean I I haven't seen them but man it 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 seems like Lovejoy is really checking all the boxes as I enter the postseason I know that I uh I I I wouldn't really be excited um if they were on my schedule for sure um but um kind of looking back to uh, switching gears here real quick I was looking back at uh um I want to give us a little a little shout out so before the season um, we kind of did picks to click from, from the 2023 class, just kind of a fun exercise about guys from our five to 55 from the follow list. And from the just missed list, these guys were like, Hey, I think these guys are going to have some, some pretty strong seasons. Um, and let's what a your guys Cole Johnson ended up committing to Oklahoma state pretty quickly after that, I think. Um, and then a couple other guys we had listed on there, Ryan Farber from, uh, from Johnson down to San Antonio guy. I, I love um, just committed to Texas state recently. And then chase Morgan, left in a left-handed pitcher from um, Cy Woods, just committed to Louisiana. So um, pat ourselves, we don't do it very often, but pat ourselves on the back. I think we got a couple of those, a couple of those right on as we, as we head into the season, but um, you know, that Cy Woods team, I got to look at and I might end up seeing them again in the playoffs. Um, they're one of those teams that is, is kind of like um, love joy ish in that, They check a lot of boxes on the mound defensively in the lineup uh, with guys like Tristan Russell and stuff like that. And obviously Lake Travis, um, you know, with Cole Johnson hitting in the middle of the lineup there. And then Johnson with, you know, Mason Bixby and Farber and those guys as well. So um, it's exciting time as we head into the playoff season. Um, You know, it's, it's uh, I'm trying to look through here. We talked about the favorites and stuff like that. I, I don't really, you know, what are you most excited about as we head into the postseason? Are there, is there anything in particular, any teams, any players, anything that, that you uh, – I haven't ever really covered a, a Texas high school baseball playoff season before. It's always – the college stuff is always hot and heavy, and, and that's typically how it is for you, but you guys paid so much close attention to recruiting and stuff like that that you guys were always kind of tuned into it, and you know, they used to play some games of the dish and stuff like that. But um, I'm excited because I haven't really ever – covering a full schedule like this for the playoffs before it's uh looking at how some of these atmospheres were to end the season it's going to be ratcheted up another level in the postseason
1: yeah uh, i was kind of just uh, looking through some of the regions in the different levels region four in 4a is going to be crazy so you've got 27 and 3 bernie You've got, let's see who else here. Cal Allen with Justin Lampkin. Oh, <laughs> you've got, yeah, him, you've and got his, what,
0: him, him and his what, zero ERA. Seven strikeout to four walk ratio or whatever it was.
1: Yeah. You've got Sinton. Um, you've got Needville. It's 21 and five. You've got Canyon Lake is 23 and six. Um I mean, uh, let me see. Who else? I thought I saw, and I think China Spring, maybe Region 3. But, I mean, could you imagine if you had Bernie with Cole Phillips uh, going up against some of those teams, like uh, a Cole Phillips versus Justin Lampkin matchup or versus either of those guys versus Sinton? Um, that, that would be pretty enticing. That'd be something you might want to make your way down to.
0: Well, Cole's um, done.
1: No, I know. I know. But I'm saying like, what if?
0: Oh yeah. It, oh God. Yeah. There, there'd be, look, if, if Cal Allen plays cent in the playoffs, there might be 10,000 people there.
1: No doubt. No <laughs> I mean, doubt. We'll just like, would us, they have up that up at the at number.
0: Like, like, uh, yeah,
1: no doubt. They'd have like, to just figure out a way
0: on the, on the minor league schedule. Like, Hey, okay. Whatever day, whatever time you're playing, we need to play when you're not playing because we're going to have the entire city here um watching the like if Sitton plays Cal Allen um I'd have to look at the bracket like to actually kind of look at when that would be a possibility like that yeah that's like a must-see event like yeah that's no you, doubt. you yeah like I would have to figure out a way to make my schedule to a point like okay like this this has got to happen um because that that just would be I think I want to say they played each other last year. I think I think there's a there's video of, of Lampkin throwing at Sitten at some point mm-hmm. last year. But um, no, you're right, and we know Bernie. I know it, it's it sucks, you know that Cole Phillips isn't a part of that, but um, they're still really good uh, with yeah. Rashawn Galloway in that lineup, and I believe Cam Johnson played shortstop for them, Wichita State uh, commitment in the 23 class. Um Rally in the outfield. Uh they've they've got some dudes, but yeah, like if, if Sinton and Cal Allen play. Um now if you're Cal Allen, do you try to go for the one game? Because it's tough because on Maybe. one hand you've got Lampkin, but on the other wonder, hand,
1: I wonder if I wonder if they were one game who they would pitch, who Sinton would pitch.
0: I think it'd probably be uh oh, that's a tough question. Probably ja- jaquay, I think. I don't know, but that like if you're Cal Allen, it's like okay, we could throw Lampkin, but you have to know that Big Fellow is gonna be lurking in the bullpen, Blake yeah. Mitchell. Yeah. So if you uh if you find yourself trailing like one-nothing in the fourth inning, you're probably toast. Yeah, you know, because like that guy, I think Blake Mitchell's given up two hits this year. Like that's it. So um, yeah, that that would be. Ooh. But yeah, if you're Cal Allen, I mean, I think you probably have to take your chance with Lampkin and just see. What, that could be one of those games that could easily be like zero zero in the in the seventh inning or something like that. Um, although, sent man, that sent lineup, top to bottom. It, it's it, but a lot of their it.
1: hitters are left handed.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Between, between Stewart and and Mitchell, um, Renee Galvan, um, yeah, they've, they've got a, they've got a left-handed presence in that lineup for sure. But, um, you know, even kind of looking at these regions in 4A, I mean, you know, China spring in three Rusk in three Lake Belton in three, um, Orangefield in three, like that's, that's pretty Sealy in there as well. That's a, that's a pretty tough, um, the bummer about most of the four A schools is that they're just kind of at places that are like really far. Um, no, Bryce Elder's Decatur's in there in the playoffs as well. So, but yeah, I mean, if if Sinton and Kyle Allen meet, I mean, that's that's must watch stuff. Like, if that's the only game I go to that entire week, that then fine. That's 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 absolutely worth it, just absolutely. to see just to see Lampkin. Uh, Lamp can go up against those guys who's just posted absolutely stunningly absurd statistics all year um, along with, with, uh, with Senton as well. But uh, I'm going to kind of glance at five A real quick. Um, man, Lubbock Cooper was a team. I was going to see a bunch and then it was that tournament weekend where everything was just freezing cold and just kind of, kind of wrecked all those schedules. But um, wait, who's um, our, our man Hickey. Who does he play for in Frisco? Is it is it Liberty?
1: No, no, Liberty Memorial? didn't make the playoffs. No, it's um, Independence. Okay. No, I was gonna no, say because no, no, Lovejoy no, no, plays Frisco it's Memorial. Heritage. Heritage. Heritage, Heritage.
0: Okay, I was gonna say because you know Lovejoy, uh, whoever whoever plays. Oh, did they not make the playoffs? Who Heritage?
1: I don't know. They're in, they're in the one. They had a bunch of teams lumped all together there. Uh, Memorial, Lone Star, let's see, Memorial, Lone Star, Independence, and Wakeland. So no, they didn't make it. Heritage oh wow, and Heritage so and ended, Liberty didn't thirteen make it. to five. That was and that was so huge because three like,
0: teams ten and eight. Man, that's tough.
1: Yeah, I mean honestly, I think Liberty could have won the district if they would have won on Tuesday last week, and they lost, and then they ended up not making the playoffs. Man. Yeah, it was, it was, it was they're all clumped in there together at the, right at the end. That's Which, a tough little – let's see here.
0: Region the, 2 of 5A with the Frisco schools. Mm-hmm. Um, then you throw in some of those East Texas schools like Hallsville and Lufkin. Mm-hmm. Um, Highland Park's in there. Lovejoy. Yeah, the
1: Hi- Highland Park's got a – they've got a tough – I mean, they finished third in the district. They've got a tough uh, matchup with Cleburne. Cleburne's yeah. always good.
0: yeah. Forney with Aiden Sims is in there. Um, oh, yeah, that's that's uh and then man, region three starting off with Lake Creek against Magnolia West. I know Magnolia West was only 16 and 13, but you look at the guys they've got on the mound. Um they're they're gonna have a they're gonna have a chance for sure. Um in, in that series and Lake Creek with Shane Saddow and and all those guys in the lineup will be be really really tough to handle but um friendswood in there as well who's one of the stronger teams in the state but yeah it's man it's it's gonna be FOMO with a lot of these matchups because they are just not gonna be able to like oh Georgetown Alamo Heights so Ed Hart and James Sobe against Georgetown um that'll that'll be a tough one um as well so yeah a lot lot of lot of really 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 good matchups uh, a lot of exciting stuff that we'll be covering here, and then it'll just kind of before we know it, it'll be our, our five-tool events will yep. be firing up really, really soon as well, and we'll kind of just really transition into into the summer schedule and um, working on our rankings and, and finalizing our final twenty-two rankings, which we've we've talked some about the guys that would kind of move up, and then uh, giving our twenty-three rankings a fresh edit, and then kind of switching gears and get going um, on the on the twenty-four class, but um some non-baseball stuff what what were your uh I know you're a big NFL draft guy what were your main NFL draft takeaways coming out of there
1: well I know it's going to pain. you. give us give us your condensed
0: give us your condensed version because we don't have two hours
1: Uh, well uh, you know I feel sorry for you as a Steelers fan even though I liked the Steelers draft a lot uh, minus who they chose at quarterback uh but the Ravens Ravens are going to rave It's, it's annoying, amazing. Annoying. It, it, it's amazing. They just sit there every year and somebody ridiculous falls to them. And it happens again and again and again. Yep. But they had a killer draft. I like what the Jets did. Um, Cowboys, eh, probably a, a B-ish, uh, somewhere in the B range. Um, you know, obviously that hinges a lot on what Tyler Smith does. Uh, a lot of people didn't like that pick. I like that pick. Um, let's see who else packers you know just i think they just want to set the social media on fire by (laughs) not picking a a wide receiver at the top yeah um but uh it's just amazing Uh, the eagles i hate that they i like their draft a lot yeah uh, especially if you factor aj green into that group um yeah yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Duh. I was thinking Eagles green, just thinking AJ Brown. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I, that was, that was tough. I, I don't know what the Cardinals were doing to be honest, by giving up a first rounder um, for Hollywood. Uh, they I panicked
0: mean, because of the, they probably knew about Deandre Hopkins before it was public, but still they panicked. Like I don't, that was, yeah, yeah that was a really kind of a head scratching thing to the, me like i, I see, just feel like there, there you could you could draft the receiver with that profile yeah you know like yeah. just no, a total I... burner only and that's all he does like that you could...
1: that top that top six tier um was gone when when johan dodson went off the board to washington that kind of ended that little tier yeah. of receivers so i'm curious if they would have done that before, but I, I don't know. It, it, interesting. Uh, like, see, I, I love like... the
0: guy that the Steelers took later on the Calvin Austin guy, like that to me is yeah. a guy that oh, yeah. profile as a guy that Arizona should have been, should have been drafting to kind of fill that void. Um, I mean, the Steelers, yeah. when they draft receivers later on, it, they usually have a really good hit rate um with those guys. And I love the George Pickens pick.
1: Oh um, yeah, absolutely. Talented, I, I was...
0: Contested catch guy. Like, Seemed like he was kind of always playing through injury, but he still ended up playing a pretty good amount. But yeah, the picket deal, like I knew as soon as they got on the clock, it was going to happen. I was like, and it's, yeah, it's gotta be weird. Like, I know it's, it's Mitch Trubisky. Like I get it. Like he, you know, the, the Chicago thing was a failure. A lot of that, his fault, a lot of it, the bears fault. But like they bring him in, and he's got to be like the entire city of Pittsburgh was throwing Kenny Pickett a party, you know, basically anointing him. It's just a recipe for failure because everyone's like, oh, you know, the Steelers passed on Dan Marino back in the day, and they've just kind of making up for. Like Kenny Pickett had one excellent year prior to that; he was he was not good. And I watch a lot of ACC football because I'm a Florida State guy. A lot of soft defenses in that league. And, you know, he had a strong game against Clemson, who was good. Not not the typical Clemson, but I just I don't I don't get it. But then I saw I see Lewis Riddick on there and his his outstanding 80 grade pink suit rocking it. (sighs) Going on and on about the decision making and the mental aspect and the competitiveness. I'm thinking, ah, you're you're selling me on him, Louis. He's a pit guy, though, right? I know he's a pit guy, guy. but I I feel like he's he tries to to uh, keep it football first. But yeah, he's a little partial to those pit guys, and he's saying all these things. But I'm like, ah, I just I don't think any of those quarterbacks were first round quarterbacks. And if and if there was one, I think. Like, Malik Willis went, what, third round to the Titans? I mean, that's a, like, great swing at the fence value. Oh, yeah. Kind of pick there with his upside and stuff. Like, I just, like, if you look at Kenny Pickett, and it's like people were comping him to Matt Hasselbeck, and it's like, that's... Yay! I mean, <laughs> I mean like, okay, like... That's
1: what we're doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: like, I just, I feel like you could have... I, I, I don't know. Like, I hope I'm wrong, but just in my gut, I'm just... I've never watched Kenny Pickett and thought, "Wow, that guy's going to be a good NFL quarterback for a long time." Um, no doubt. And it's just no doubt. like, look, Mike Tomlin was giddy about it. I mean, he was downright giddy about it. And I know they spend time around those guys, and but I feel like that they really just evaluated him on last year only, Um, and, and not. He's got happy
1: feet. Like he, body that's a real work. problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, what he, he had like the. I think his time getting rid of the ball was like one of the slowest in college football. Like I think it was over three seconds or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I like the, the, the rest of their draft, but, I mean, just like
1: – Yeah, I don't like that Just
0: put yeah. so much – and there's going to be so much pressure on that kid being a guy that played at Pitt to come mm-hmm. in and win the job right away and so on and so on. But, but yeah, and then you sit there and you look at the Ravens and, oh, okay, Kyle Hamilton, and, oh, let's go take this future all pro lineman from Iowa and do this and that. And it's, it's so annoying. Um, like you said, too, it was weird to see the Jets do well. Um, yeah, and the I think the Giants did pretty well too. You know, you texted me when they got uh,
1: they they did well at the top. They're the rest of their draft was kind of questionable. Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, if you some... get
0: Evan Neal and and Kavon Thibodeau. Yeah, like we talked about just, last week. Yeah, yeah if you, if those guys if, are even just marginal like hits relative to their upside, I mean, that's those are those are some good yeah. good picks there. But yeah, yeah, Jet, know, I knew Jets Jets crushed it.
1: Jets yeah. crushed it. Um I liked Steelers. I like Seattle did a really good job. Uh I like Seattle's yeah. group. Um, and they're kind of
0: in a weird spot. They they needed to
1: yeah, you know, really no bolster doubt. everything. Um I like I I actually really liked Atlanta's draft too. Um you paired Drake London up with Kyle Pitts. That's a big like Yeah, a lot you know, of physicality a, there. Yeah, then they got um Katie on the edge, Troy Anderson, the guy from Montana State that was like a quarterback running back. And then a linebacker is just a freak. Um, I tried to take him in all kinds of different mock drafts. I like him a lot. Desmond Ritter, I think is a good fit. Yeah. You know, a lot of people compare him to Ryan Tannehill. So, which obviously with Arthur Smith there in Atlanta, he probably has some plans for him and what he can do, but yeah, I thought those were good. Um, Carolina lucked out by getting icky at six. Um, that allowing them to have the first uh, pick at tackle was, I mean, and then they get the hometown guy with the coin. It was, was big. Um, Yeah. uh, Saints did pretty good. I liked what the lions did. Um, Saints traded
0: a lot of picks for,
1: yeah, they were active. Chris, That's what's his, his name? Was...
0: Ol, Olavale, whatever from Ohio State.
1: Yeah. Olave, yeah. How about all those
0: Ohio State receivers going, and then also Jameson Williams who transferred from Ohio State. <laughs> like,
1: what three picks in a row? Back yeah, to talk to about an
0: embarrassment of riches. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Brian Hartline, if he's not the highest paid guy at his position, is uh, coaching wise is is probably going to be up there pretty quick with the work that he's he's doing in, at Ohio State, but um yeah and then yeah Steelers got to Marvion Leo later on who I I liked I think he's a good fit for what they do that guy had one of the best all-american weeks I've ever seen down in San Antonio he was just he was almost up there in the Micah Parsons range for me just guys that went down there that week and just absolutely dominated um everybody so yeah NFL drafts um looking for it's weird like You've dealt with this more than I have, but I, like, my fandom in the NFL, I haven't really dealt with, like, a quarterback battle before. So um, it's going to be weird. I'm not really excited about that whole lingering question every single part of the week. Like, who's going to start this week? Or should it be this guy? Or should it be this guy? Or what's the future? Like, it's like, oh, man, I've kind of avoided that for, like,
1: almost two decades, and I'm not really looking forward to it. It's not fun. Um, yeah, it, it's it. It'll split the fan base. I mean, like, it's just a really bad sign too. If somehow Trubisky comes out and wins the job, that's a that's not good for the future. I wonder. No, I hope they um, give him a chance to. I, I, I'm curious to see how much of a chance he will because, like, you know, Pickett's build as the as the one guy that was like ready to play out of yeah. all the quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, he's like what 24? Like, so if it's not now, like, you know, right, that's 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 not really a that's not really good sign. So, but by the way, we got to shout out my guy Todd, our buddy that works for the twins. Yeah, show uh, on the video here. I've got my twins' jersey.
1: yeah, turning around
0: here. I don't know if you can, uh, got Byron Buxton on the back there, the powder blue twins. I mean, because I've been tweeting about the twins some um and he was checking in we we messaged and just checking on each other and stuff like that and he's like hey you you know you want a you want a jersey or a t-shirt or whatever and i was like oh buxton give me give me buxton so
1: so Baxter on that is like Todd is supposed to be sending me something as well um but he wanted to send me a correa shirt be, just to like wear to troll some of his some of our houston friends <laughs> And I was like, I said, absolutely not. I like, I don't, I don't want any part. Oh, of-
0: come on. Yeah.
1: If you don't want I mean, the Korea I'll,
0: one, I'll wear it. I'll, well, I'll, see. That was I'll the deal. I told my him,
1: Astros fans. It, exactly. So I told him I wanted Buxton and to give you the Korea <laughs> one. And so
0: oh, I totally forgot. I, like I didn't forget, but like, I like their powder blue stuff. I was like, Oh yeah. Like that's a, that's a thing like, like for them. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah. I'll take the Correa one. I'll wear it around and and drive my Astros friends nuts for sure. I'll I'll take great pleasure, um, in doing that, but yeah, like shout out to Todd. Hope you're doing well up in Minnesota. I think the twins got a, they've got a chance. Um, they've got a chance for sure to win that division. And, you know, Chris Paddock looked good again the other night and they're getting Sonny Gray back and Joe Ryan has been awesome. Um, Buxton, when he's been healthy, has just been absolutely killing the ball. Max Kepler having a great year. Like they got a lot of pieces a lot of the ingredients necessary to win that division and get in the playoffs and and do some damage there and their bullpen is just a lot of fun to watch right now with Johan Duran coming in and throwing 102 miles an hour um, and stuff like that but um yeah that's I've uh, been watching a lot of pro baseball fortunately I uh, didn't watch any college baseball this weekend <laughs> just kind of glanced at orange bloods a little bit and uh you know the, it's it's that time of year where it's like Oh, man, I thought when they hired David Pierce, this just was not a good hire and this and that. And it's like eh, everybody just forgets that they basically finished third in Omaha last year and that sort of thing. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Like like we say, you you can't chase bullpen development in the season. It's tough. It's really tough. Well, it just snowballs. It snowballs, and everybody starts looking around, and they're like, "Okay, who's going to come in next?" And oh my gosh, why can't I throw strikes? And like, it just gets away from you.
1: Well, one thing that's tough, and a lot of people fail to remember on a lot of these things, is like you lose a guy like Tanner Witt. Um, So you know, with that trio of of Hanson, Stevens, and Witt, you go into the season thinking. Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be needing to fill, you know, probably somewhere between six or seven innings from the bullpen on the weekend. Yeah. And you can pencil in, you know, going into the year two or three of those go to Nixon. And then you're looking at, you know, trying to cover three or four innings with everyone else um, in the, in the pen over the course of a weekend. And you know if you you go down and you start having to look for double digit innings out of the bullpen with a bunch of inexperience back there, it's tough, and you know, so you know, as soon as Witt goes down, you, Lucas gets moved up, and then you know, the thing that we've talked about before is the schedule is just really tough with the double midweeks, yeah, two weeks in a row right after that happened. Um, you know, and then so then. You, you're changing roles, you're looking for all these, you're adding nine innings to what you're used to having to try to fill on a normal week, and it can get ugly and it has yeah. at times. Um, but you know, they have all the ingredients and they just need to write the ship. Um, but you know, I mean, you got some other teams on the ascent, you know, AM's been on fire, uh, right. Recently, they are you know, fresh off of series wins against Arkansas and Vanderbilt, which. I don't think anyone saw before the season. Um, but I thought I saw it was interesting too. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, so, but if you took the original top 10 of the D one preseason rankings, I think at least four of those 10 are not ranked right now with yeah. Texas, Florida, Vanderbilt, and somebody Mississippi else. Mississippi State. Yep. Yeah, Mississippi state. So, um, yeah, it's you know it's good. There's you know right now I think we've talked about there's two Oregon State and Van, and Oregon State and uh, Tennessee are just kind of in a league of their own right now, and then mm-hmm. there's a huge logjam after that. Um, not a lot of separation between you know three, four, five, and some teams on the fringe of being ranked. Um, so it, it should make for a fun postseason, hopefully. So we've got that to look forward to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a battle in the postseason for sure because there just are not many many clear favorites and yeah and the bull the bullpen stuff's tough because you know you can't you can't catch your breath once you once things get going like especially if you're playing you know double midweeks and stuff like that um, it's just there, there's a reason why typically you know. Texas would be much better after the finals break because you just, everybody got the reset on the mound and you can kind of look at some things and, and catch your breath a little bit, but um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough for sure. But two, I think they've got two more big 12 series left um, two more opportunities to kind of write the, the ship a little bit there. And then you're looking at probably an opportunity to win 40 games in the regular season. I mean, that, that puts you in a pretty good position, um, in the postseason. But, yeah, besides Tennessee and Oregon State, I mean, it's just kind of um, – you know, Oklahoma State really swung the bat well in Austin um, this, yeah. this past weekend, obviously, and we know how talented Arkansas is. But, like, yeah, you look at Virginia Tech and Southern Miss is way up there, two teams that aren't – Southern Miss players. lost
1: this weekend, didn't they? They lost the series, I think.
0: Yeah, they did. Um, they're still hanging in there at seventh. Um, you know, Texas Tech hanging in there at Knife. Um, we talked a little bit about Gonzaga and what's going on with them, and they're going to have a lot of motivation and opportunity to, to play deep in the postseason. Texas State at number 17. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be wild. Um, like the type, like the Texas high school baseball season, I don't think there, there might be one – Overwhelming favorite, maybe two. I, overwhelming might not even be fair. Let's just call them favorites, and then just a bunch of teams with the ingredients uh, to make it run beyond there. So, um, exciting times uh, in all levels of baseball right now, and uh, we'll be at the playoff stuff beginning this week, and we'll talk about it all here on the Five Tool Podcast. This is episode sixty-two, creeping up on nineteen thousand downloads. Um, get to Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean. Uh, we publish all these on Twitter. We'll publish the uh, video versions on YouTube. Uh, make sure you subscribe there to all the five tool content on there. You see some highlight clips and stuff like that. Instagram, TikTok, We're all over the place, covering the game, talking about the game. Uh, and we thank you to tuning in here uh, to the podcast. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy it, you you to leave us a nice rating or review. We'd really appreciate it. Kind of helps us kind of spread the word out there um, as well. But Uh, next time we talk to y'all we'll have some playoff results um done some some things to talk about probably some surprises around the state uh because there's gonna be a lot of competitive matchups um everywhere dallas south texas houston san antonio west texas east texas wherever um a lot of good stuff going on a lot of competitive matchups that'll be unfolding uh, throughout the playoff season so until then uh we talk to you next time take care